Welcome everybody to Wrestling is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. I'm here with wrestling content creator Wheezy Blonde. We're going to give some introductions here in just a second, but just want to quickly remind you that if you are listening to this on YouTube, you could also be listening to this while you drive on Spotify, on Apple services, whatever podcast service that you might want to be listening to. Uh, if you also want to get this three days early, you can check out patreon.com slash Santi's app to get this show three days early. That is enough selling out. Wheezy Blonde, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, woke up to a flurry of news. Too okay. many news. <laughs> I think I only know one of the news. I might not know the other news. Okay. All right. Well, we will talk about all of those news before we do so. Uh, it, obviously, we know each other, but I want to give an opportunity to the listeners to get to know who Wheezy Blonde is, what you're all about. Uh, if I were to do the quick elevator pitch to Wheezy Blonde, Wheezy Blonde is a wrestling content creator who takes a huge risk by being authentically herself. That is a dangerous thing to do in the world of professional wrestling, by the way. Uh, one of the largest female wrestling content creators on on Twitch, TikTok, and up and coming on YouTube. Is that a fair elevator pitch? I'd say it's a fair elevator pitch. I think that all makes sense. All right. What else do we need to know about you? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head saying that I take the risk being like authentically myself on camera. I think I'm kind of told sometimes that I may be either. You've said this, first of all, Eel, uh, that I'm too positive. You did. You literally mocked me in a video. <laughs> you literally mocked me. Imagine being that grumpy of a human being that you are too nice. You're absolutely miserable. So that's fine. I can I can take that. Um, I mean, like, I think one of the best examples of this is how the whole CM Punk reaction, uh, I guess the reaction to your reaction was taken uh, for context for for listeners. Um, Wheezy Blonde also does reaction content on on Twitch. And of course, the the CM, the return of CM Punk was like the Super Bowl for for reactors that we were getting views out the wazoo to the point where even the WWE featured many of us on uh, on TV. You were featured on CM Punk's actual Instagram page and you caught a lot of flack because I guess your reaction was like, well, wow, that's nice, I guess. <laughs> my chair and scream i'm sorry <laughs> is there is there a like a because i look back at my reaction i'm like i lost motor function of myself and that's because cm punk is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time i credit cm punk to saving professional wrestling for me because i was this close to not watching wrestling anymore. So close. I came back when The Rock announced himself as the um, guest host of WrestleMania 27. And then I come back to wrestling. I'm like, who the hell's The Miz? Why is John Morrison not on the tag team? Who are you people? Like, if you know the, the, the meme of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. And the only guy that I was like, I, I'm kind of getting behind this guy, CM Punk. And then that pipe bomb, The Summer of Punk, made me fall in love with wrestling because I was just not digging the product that they were serving me back in 2011. And I look back on that moment and I look as to where I am today. And I feel like it's this weird butterfly effect where I'm not a wrestling content creator without CM Punk. Do you not have that? Wow. Yeah, seriously. Do you have that, I guess, emotional connection with CM Punk? Do you not? So I'm very curious. It's funny you say that because I, um, so I stopped, I didn't watch wrestling from about 2007 to about 2015, 16, when I started high school, I stopped watching, mm. went to college, was busy getting drunk in cornfields and doing all that kind of stuff. I just didn't watch wrestling. I got back into it randomly, uh, right after pretty much the shield broke up was when I came back to it. So I missed the summer of punk. I missed everything that CM Punk did. I wasn't watching at that time. So I don't have that emotional connection. I've actually uh, talked about it before. No, I get that he's amazing. I get, trust me, I've fully invested now. Like I, I'm on board, like I get it. But when he returned, it was like, okay, yeah, I'd seen him in AEW. Okay, mm -hmm. like he's obviously very good on the mic. I respect the hell out of him, but it's not, you know, <gasps> the reason that I love professional wrestling. He's not my favorite wrestler, you know, ever. I think that's fair. Um, and that's why maybe I just have this hard time when when I talk to fans of the Attitude Era that are just like, oh, yeah, but you don't understand the TV ratings. You had to be there. And I'm like, man, but like I wasn't. And 
it's different and maybe maybe you can comment on this i find it very different going back and watching older wrestling one with rose tinted glasses and two with the most powerful uh superpower that humans have which is the power of hindsight it's mm. very different going back and going to watch like 1998 wrestling like i wasn't there sure like it's good i can look at it and say this is objectively good programming i just like don't care because i wasn't there in the moment i wasn't there for the rise of stone cold so it's hard for me to to go whoa yeah what anytime like i hear anything related to stone cold because i wasn't part of the of the zeitgeist i wasn't part of the lexicon in the in that moment I think we glamorize nostalgia. We definitely kind of glamorize nostalgia and what was, and we kind of always yearn for what used to be and that what we have now isn't as good as what we what we used to have. But if you do go back, because I remember when I was a kid, I loved Stone Cold. I had a Stone Cold room guard that sat in front of my my room. I had all of the, you know, the Attitude Era stuff because my dad was into it. But, you know, I, I it's corny. People will say like rest of the bill. If someone does a, a promo now and they're like, oh, that's just like Becky Lynch talking and be like, oh, she sounds so corny. I was like, do, do you remember what wrestling was in the even the late 80s? Like the, the kind of character gimmicks that we had. It is corny sometimes. That's pro wrestling. Like what there's different facets and different layers of what it is. It's not just one particular thing. What, what do you think? that means wrestling is corny like when you when you hear that from somebody that is criticizing that you like wrestling or maybe an actual fan that says that storyline is corny like what do you think they mean by that like what what state of emotion are they even coming from the first word that comes to mind is far-fetched like the way that the character reacts to it is over the top and not how someone would react to something in real life which I understand, or if like, but in the same token, think of what our truth is doing right now. Okay, stuff like that, that is corny, but that's not a bad thing. I think we automatically jump onto, oh, because something seems cheesy or corny, it's a bad thing. Our truth literally says that he admired John Cena as a as his child <laughs> hero. He's a 50 something year old man. And we eat it up. So where's the line of what's corny bad and what's corny good? It's just I feel like wrestling is like one of those few forms of media that doesn't get forgiven for being corny because, OK, like you I, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, people don't react the way that wrestlers do in everyday life. I mean, like I could sit here and say, well, you know, a new Mexico high school teacher wouldn't start a billion dollar meth empire simply because they have cancer. Like that's just, there's also there's examples of this everywhere, but we eat it up because there's narrative to it. There's storylines, there's climaxes, there's highs, there's lows, there's villains, there's good guys to get behind. And I it just I feel like it gets this bad rap for no reason where uh, where I draw the line with people where I'm like, oh, you motherfucker, you need to stop is the you know that wrestling is fake. And then I wait for a second to figure out, are they trying to educate me because they think I don't know if that's the case, then it's like, oh, I know. And then that's usually where the conversation ends. But then there's the other half where they're not doing it to educate you or to try and enlighten you because they think maybe you didn't know they're doing it to ridicule you. And those are the people that I will <laughs> elbow in the eye every single time. Like if you did, if you think I'm some sort of idiot that didn't know, okay, fair enough. All right. I will, I'll break the veil. Yes. I know that it, that it's fake, but when you try and come at it from an angle of, well, actually fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> the audacity of a grown person to ask another grown person, you know, that's fake, right? <laughs> my first my first question I always ask is, well, what do you mean? You, okay, you're asking if I is it, or they'll ask me if it's fake. I'm like, well, what what do you mean by that? What do you mean it's fake? Are you are you asking the physicality part of it? Are you asking the storyline part of it? Like, what part do you think that I'm not wise up to? And usually they kind of they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm. 
Yeah, someone's actually getting hit with a chair, dog. I don't, <laughs> you know. I, dude, I show them the Eddie Guerrero getting hit in the, uh, in the head by JBL. It's like, you, you, would you take this? This, right. this fake dog? Because this I, thing sounded uh, like, like a car crash across that entire arena when that chair hit this man's poor head. It's brutal. Now, <laughs> let's uh, shift gears here, Weezy. I want to, you kind of already... Uh, laid down the groundwork of your history of professional wrestling when you started watching, when you stopped watching, when you came back. I I will note, it's interesting that I feel like every wrestling fan has that journey of starting, stopping for whatever reason, and then eventually coming back. It's like the weird life cycle of professional wrestling nice. fans. But at some point or another, and I'm sure still to this day, you must have thought that wrestling is cool. And I ask this to every single guest. I want to give you the opportunity to geek out about this. Why do you think that professional wrestling is cool? Wrestling is the only thing in itself that I feel like embodies athleticism and theatrics. So I'm both an athlete and both a theater kid. And to be able to go, you know, because we pay for we pay for professional sports. We pay for Broadway theater. We pay for all those kinds of things. And this is the one thing that gets to put it together. And they get to wear flashy outfits. Sometimes it's like a drag show. Sometimes we don't know what's going to happen. You also have one of the largest audiences reacting to it at the same time, collectively geeking out over what's happening in the ring. So those are usually the reasonings that I give that it's, it's live theater with, with flips and kicks and, and stunts. And at the same time, sometimes you get to see a little bit of bleeding. And I think that's exciting. Kind of like Broadway. There's no second takes either. It's like, yeah, no. you, you fuck up. It's there. And you see it happen and it does happen. The, the fake thing. Like if you fall on your head, fall on your head. That That's so, yeah. Like uh, there's no fake in that. Like the injuries are real the the criticism is also so so much more harsh from the cheeto <laughs> dust covered wrestling fans on twitter you know you do one thing wrong you mess up a springboard and it's like oh you loser it's like dude you try it see how that goes because i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah do you, have you ever <laughs> side note welcome to wrestling school where we just get uh, sidetracked did you ever see the video do you, first of all do you know the comedian tom segura Okay, did you ever see the video of him trying to do a layup and then just folding himself like a crunched spider after he took one step? No, but I can only imagine it with Pizza Segura. He, he, he like, it's gross. He takes one step and he snaps his leg, falls, snaps his arm. He's like contorted. He literally looks like a crunched spider, but because it's Tom Segura, because it's so ridiculous how it happened and be this is messed up but because the injury is so severe compared to like how simple the action was of taking one step it made it all significantly funnier he laughs about it to this day i'm pretty sure um but that's what i feel most wrestling fans would go through you would crunch yourself like a spider a la tom segura if you tried to even run the ropes could not do that. Absolutely not. And be able to stand up and walk away with, with, you know, pretty much unscathed and do it the next day. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's dude. I see these wrestling YouTubers, uh, dank ops having a wrestling match with Sean Spears coming out with like a chunk of his arm missing. Um, mm -hmm. Brandon does everything. AK BDE is training as well. Posting I some saw. really cool clips on. It's like, dude, you guys are insane. Just talk yeah. on the microphone and you'll be safe. Make your money behind the camera and don't kill yourself. <laughs> I'll be the manager. I'll be the Paul Heyman. I can do that. You know, uh, well, we got some topics today. We're going to be talking, uh, the Royal rumble. We'll do a little bit of predictions. I know I know you don't do predictions. You're a, I don't, I don't like to predict pro wrestling. It's, For reasons people give me crap. It's, it's, it's like this weird moral code that you have. It's like, okay, Dexter, you, you're willing to kill people, but you're not a murderer oh. because you, you kill bad people. It's like, what, what do you think you're better than us, Wheezy? Because you're this yeah. wrestling content creator that doesn't do predictions. Of course, I'm doing a prediction video. <laughs> I have to do a prediction video. I'm a content creator. That's I gotta put in a prediction video. You I gotta do. You do. It's just it's just the laws of content creation. We're going to talk about uh, the Seth Rollins injury and the implications that it could uh, that it could bring. Uh, Raw signing with Netflix, Okada to NXT, The Rock to TKO, Kevin Patrick being removed from SmackDown. 
those last four or five that I listed literally happened within an hour of each other. And normally here at Wrestling is Cool, we are, even though we're the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet, we're also the most unlucky wrestling podcast on the planet in that the cool stuff happens like an hour after we record. And now, finally, we get to have it nice and fresh. What, sorry, what did you say? It happened before. Yeah, finally. So Royal Rumble, Wheezy Blonde, the Christmas for wrestling fans. It's the time of year where it feels almost like like a nuclear reset. Like this is the start of the new season. If we're thinking about television where or, or maybe the the mid-season finale almost. It's like a big moment in network TV where everyone's going to want to tune in. Because then by the time the season finale of WrestleMania comes around, you want to be caught up. That's that's the Royal Rumble, at least in my eyes. When you look at this year's Royal Rumble, whether it's the matches, uh, aside from the actual Royal Rumble matches, the feuds, the storylines, is there anything that stands out to you as something that you're super particularly excited about when it comes to this year's Royal Rumble? I like the amount of unknown about the Women's Rumble. I you know in the in years past we we got really crazy with declaring for a while where I feel like one year we almost got between 50 and 20 of the women uh declared or whether it was the men's I can't remember but I feel like that takes the fun out of it especially when they declare what number they're coming in like I'm just like why why did we do that why did we do that so the fact that they're what are there only four or five women declared for the rumble at the moment so that leaves another 25 there might be less yeah i i think it might be like three (laughs) yeah it wasn't very many so that leaves a lot of room for obviously you know a lot of the women that are already on the roster and in nxt will be considered but there's rumblings of people coming back and i try not to pay too much attention to that but and i try to shut people down when they bring up the possibility of aj lee coming back because I'm like, just because her husband is in the company doesn't mean that AJ Lee is making a return. And they're like, but she's been training. Like, She was on a TV show and she's been working in another wrestling company. Like, yeah, she's been training for years. That's not important. But there's a little part of me that's like, oh, would like, I'd like to see AJ Lee because I didn't get to watch her in real time. I wasn't watching at that time. This would be exciting. This would be interesting because people talk so highly of her. That's that's makes me and you know i don't want a touchy subject but you know Liv morgan could come back so it's yeah you know i'm a little excited yeah i like the the aj lee situation like it's weird to me that people are like i get why you want her back but like dude look at the context she's training it's she's she's doing a show about professional wrestling Mm -hmm. this woman also caked herself in money she's like a best-selling author she's good she's yeah she's fine Uh would it be cool sure i guess but uh the one thing that prevents me from wanting to have her back at the rumble is that i think that there's going to be a demand and an expectation for her to do more than just the rumble i i I don't think that people would just suffice with a one-off appearance and and at that point it's like okay well like do we have something for aj lee do we have a good enough story does she even want to do something long term yeah so like just sort of like let let it play out i understand the desire to want her back but um she is one of like if tori wilson comes out cool one-off appearance that's fine i think we've all sort of primed ourselves that that's that's the the expectation but you bring somebody back of the caliber and notoriety. I don't think notoriety is the right word. I think that has like a bad connotation. Uh, fame of AJ Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be higher expectations than just a one-off rumble appearance. That's uh, that's my oh, opinion. For sure. Especially with Punk being there. So I wish people would kind of tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Like, dude, we got Punk. Like, just... It's not Ch- enough. Chill. I want more. <laughs> like you, it's it's crazy to me the demand for more returns. Like we got the return of the decade. It's never enough. Two months ago in in CM Punk, uh, you mentioned the the Women's Royal Rumble, and I'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit as well. I think for me, one of the things that I'm excited about is that I think for the first time, maybe ever. Actually, before I get into mine, I want to point out something about yours, like the 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 numbers and then and announcing what number they are still like i 
I like Natalia far more than like the average male wrestling fan. I feel like she gets just way too much crap. It might be the Canadian brethren in me and I, I want to see her succeed. But dude, like they did her dirty that one year where she was 30 and she was pre-announced as 30. Like don't announce 30. That's like the one you don't announce. Never. Doesn't make any sense. No, no. Like leave a, a semblance of like wonder, childhood you know, glee when somebody comes out at 30. Don't don't pre-announce it. Anyways, uh, wrestling is cool, folks. We lose our train of thought here all the time. Um, for me, on the women's side, I feel like this is the first year where I feel confident that you don't need returning legends. I feel like you have a strong enough women's roster where you can just have an active women's roster Royal Rumble. In previous women's Royal Rumble matches, sometimes there's like 10 to 12 one-off appearances from, from from legends. Oh, well, well, here's Kelly Kelly. Here's one of the Bella Twins. Here's the other Bella Twin. Um, here is Michelle McCool. It's like, like oh, here's Ivory in her IRS gimmick. Like, that's cool, but we know you're not winning. And I, I appreciate you coming back to the sport and making that appearance. But when there's that many that show up at a Royal Rumble, it sort of kind of starts to narrow down the field as to like who's a legitimate threat Mm -hmm. to actually win this. And this is, I feel, a year where you could have all 30 women be active competitors, whether it's across SmackDown, Raw. You could grab a couple of the ladies from NXT. Heck, main event gave a Zia Lee. Who knows who's down there that could that could put on a, a, a great performance. I don't think that you need to lean on so many legends this time around. That's got me excited for the Women's Rumble. Absolutely. I agree. This episode of Wrestling is Cool is sponsored by Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that sends delicious meals right to your door. And we're talking like delicious, like chef-made meals, nothing like frozen or lazy. Because if you're anything like me, then meal prepping has probably been a huge headache for you. I mean, at least it has been for me, and I've been able to completely get that off of my list. Also, for me personally, I've been on a weight loss journey, and Factor has helped in that tremendously because I'm not ordering bad food in the middle of the night because there's always delicious ready-made meals right in my fridge that were delivered right to my door. Because I'm trying to lose weight, I always order from their calorie smart options, which are meals that are 550 calories or less. But they've got different types of meals for everyone. If you want meals with a lot of protein, they got options. If you want meals that are vegan or vegetarian, they've got options there to cover you as well. This is one of those sponsors that I can personally vouch that they have significantly improved this aspect of my life. And because they're sponsoring the show, you can head over to factormeals.com slash Santi50 and use code Santi50 to get 50% off. That's code Santi50 at factormeals.com slash Santi50 to get 50% off your first box. Once you do that, you'll be well on your way to having delicious ready-made meals delivered right to your door. Thank you to Factor for sponsoring Wrestling is Cool Now. Back to the episode. And from the men's side, anything that sticks out for you? <laughs> well, it's interesting now because of Seth's injury, but mm. I I don't I don't know where where they're gonna turn. I, I there is a lot of unknown with that for me because I was hoping for CM Punk, even though I don't know him that well. I really mm. was hoping for that, but there's nothing about it significantly that stands out for me at the moment. Really, mm. none of the m- matches. What about like the non-Rumble matches? What even is happening? Brain. It's been a weird couple days. <laughs> you have the, the fatal four-way. You have Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, and then oh. there's one more. There's one. No, no, that's it. Those are the only two sing, uh, non-Rumble matches. Wow. I haven't even focused on any of them. I've just been focused on the actual main Rumbles. So, yeah, you've got what? You've got the Kevin Owens and Logan. That's it. And the fatal four-way for the Universal Championship. Oh, and wow. He, yeah, it's a very tight in concise Royal Rumble this year. Now, mind you, last year's only had five, and uh, everything aside from the Rumble matches and the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens match wasn't great. Like, uh, rest his soul, but Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight wasn't it last year's Royal Rumble. That was was, a Rumble, wasn't it? That was a Rumble. So I feel like 
they're just content with the two rumble matches probably each going well over an hour and letting that be the the main focus of the show which i think i'm okay with i think i'm okay with that too i think that should be the focus of the rumble because that's what everyone really is tuning in for and spending more time on it i don't think it's a bad thing yeah i think for for me with the with the men's rumble i like the fact that i don't know who the fuck could win this i, I oh, for sure. yeah <laughs> like last year it's like it's cody it can't not be cody <laughs> and then the year before it was well here's a surprise it's brock lesnar it's like damn it that is not surprising <laughs> that is not a surprise we want uh, oh yes it is shut up <laughs> oh that's right you're a brock lesnar girl oh i like i like brock lesnar that look a cactus could have been a don't better winner don't backtrack <laughs> i would never say that to his face i just to clarify <laughs> brock lesnar would would eat me alive there i'm not even going to say the the stand-up bit from joe rogan have you heard it about brock lesnar <laughs> no uh, brock lesnar is so scary that he could use any man as a human condom to have sex with something even bigger. That is how terrifying Brock Lesnar is. And I also believe that if aliens were to invade and they asked for our champion to do oh. single combat, oh, it's, yeah. it's Lesnar, right? Yeah, we, Omos is up there too, but Lesnar's, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lesnar, then Omos, you gotta up think. Homo sapiens. Right there. What if yeah. we're invaded by the Homo sapiens? That would be crazy. <laughs> Deep trouble. <laughs> Wrestling is cool, folks. Um, I love the fact that I can't predict this men's rumble. I, I look at, man, I really felt that like ugh, a couple months ago, I was like Gunther. And then all these people came back. I was like, ah, not this year. And then on Raw, Gunther comes out. He's like, Seth, I'm coming for your world heavyweight championship. I will attack your knee. I will attack your back. And I will be champion. That's my best Gunther impression. So now okay. Gunther's up there for me. Obviously, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes could go back to back. Drew McIntyre has been scary. You never know. Maybe the men's fatal four-way goes on earlier in the night. And maybe we have Randy in that rumble. Maybe we have LA Knight in that rumble as well. AJ Stacks might be in there as well. I don't know where this could go. I don't either. There's so many different things going on. And I think a lot of people keep the, the title picture in mind when they think of, you know, who's going to be winning, obviously. And we, we, we really don't know what's happening with Roman. We don't know what's happening in that fatal four-way. I hate the idea of someone that already has a title winning the Rumble. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like it. Like, referring to Gunther. Yeah. Mm. Why? Because, because I currently don't want to see anyone holding a double title at, at the moment. I feel like we had such a long run of that and it really kind of shifted things around in a weird way to the point where we had to bring in a whole new damn title, mm. the world heavyweight title. I, I don't want to see them just combine the intercontinental and the world heavyweight on one person because it defeats the purpose of having brought in the other one anyway. I don't know. It, just, it bothers me. I don't I, get I, bothered by a lot of things, but it does bother me. Yeah, no, I, and I'm with you. I felt like I asked that as if I disagree. I, I actually do agree with you. I don't, you do. <laughs> I, I like, I like that the titles are on separate people. I think my one gripe about titles right now is that they're all on historic reigns. And if they're all historic reigns and none of them are technically historic, cause it's just, it just becomes the new norm. And putting both of those titles on Gunther is also a little bit scary because of all the visa issues that he has. Cause he can't even go to Australia, which means maybe he wouldn't, maybe he wouldn't be able to go to backlash. Cause that's in France because he's got this like working visa in the United States. I think it, it can complicate things, obviously pulling the curtain back a little bit there, but that's part of the reason why you don't get Gunther at many of these international shows. Um, I wouldn't want him to have both titles for the sake, the, um, the selfishness in me that wants to see Gunther defend that intercontinental championship, because it's always like a highlight of the night. It's always a match that we go back to and say, this was like legendary. This was so good. And, and if he goes in with, with the Intercontinental title, unless he's going to do double duty at WrestleMania, I feel like we'd be robbing ourselves of potentially two really great sets of matches for the sake of just getting one. That's, that's kind of my thought on it. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about maybe one-off appearances at the Rumble. You mentioned AJ Lee. I'm 
kind of with you. I don't think that's happening. Is there anybody you'd like to see make a shock appearance at this rumble? Uh, I'll give you a second to think. Yeah, define shock at this point, because I feel like anytime you try to come up with a shock one, it's already been mentioned. So how much of a shock is it? Fair enough. Do your... Yeah, not not CM Punk. <laughs> that that would give us all heart attacks. Uh, give your own definition. I'll say the bar, as low as the bar goes, is Liv Morgan in terms of like what a shock is. Yeah. Okay. I and- who do I want to see? I'll go first to give you a second. Um, no one. I I'm good with what we have on screen right now. You don't need it. Okay. I, I think this is the one rumble where I am comfortable saying that we don't need that the value of the rumble this year doesn't have to be on surprise entrance. It doesn't have to be on, Oh my God, can you believe this person came back? I think we can rely on good storytelling and good narrative to keep us hooked and keep us engaged. There's a legend that comes back. If there's somebody that comes back from injury, fantastic. It's just not what I'm actually clamoring for this year, which is a weird change up. I had a terrible, I had a terrible thought. I, I was sitting here like, no, yeah, you're right. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Liv Morgan. That's where the bar is. And then my brain went, Naomi and Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Naomi, Sasha Banks. I love that. Those are those are two that that are heavily rumored. So would you lose your shit if we had a Sasha Banks, Naomi? No. How? I don't think How would you not? <laughs> No, because we're talking about it right now. So I feel like it'll happen and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. You know, I Ugh. still will be excited, especially like Naomi. OK, I feel like I see the path like for Naomi at the moment because she just dropped the title and I could see her coming back. OK, but Sasha, there's so much talk around Mercedes, whatever. There's so much talk around her and what the heck she's going to be doing. And I don't know where she is as far as her injury recovery. So I don't know what to expect there. I would like to see her back. Don't get me wrong. Like from a from a purely wrestling standpoint, I would like to see her back. It'd be interesting to throw her in the mix. Get the four horsewomen. Well, shit, Charlotte's injured. Never mind. Uh, like, I think any other year, I would be cursing the gods if WWE didn't bring back Sasha Banks and Naomi. And okay. I guess in a similar vein to how I cursed the gods when The Rock didn't appear at last year's Royal Rumble when Sami Zayn was getting beat up, when that was like heavily rumored. The same way I cursed the gods when The Rock didn't appear at SummerSlam when Jey Uso was getting beaten down. I've become so jaded in such a old man, old man Logan style that I just like have lost this sense of wonder when it comes to these returns until they actually happen. I've stopped thinking of the what if, what what would this beautiful field of roses look like if The Rock finally came back? What would it look like if Sasha Banks returned? Oh my God, Okada, it just imagine, I'm done imagining. Give me concrete physical evidence that somebody is there before you get me excited. I've been burned too many damn times. Damn it, Wheezy. Last year's You're Royal starting Rumble. starting to sound like me. Last year's Royal Rumble, the poster had blue lightning. That, that, that was a sign of the rock. That's how deep I was into things. I was looking at the blue lightning as like clues that the rock was coming back. And I've been just burned so many times that now it's like, if you come back, amazing. You will get all of my flowers, all of my love and all of my adoration. I will go full con man on you. Oh my God. But... <laughs> <laughs> Until it happens, I, I'm good. I'm good with what we have. You were being a wrestling sleuth there for a hot minute. My gosh, mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like I'm that way for a while. I'm just like, no, whatever happens, happens. People who love to ask because people love to ask. They'll be, what if so and so returns? What if so? What if? What do you want what? me to say? What? What's the? What's the correct answer to that question? What if? I don't know. What there, do you mean say? <laughs> there's technically a million what ifs that could happen. Seriously, so, there's. There's so many what ifs, you know, I go back to my reaction of CM Punk and a lot of people think that I'm some sort of like turncoat, some sort of uh, some sort of traitor, because right before Punk's music hits, if you watch my reaction, I'm saying, you know what? That's okay that we didn't get CM Punk. We got Randy Orton and we should be happy. Punk's music hits and I was like, forget what I said. (laughs) Everything that I just said doesn't matter. CM Punk is here. This show absolutely needed CM Punk. 
that's the type of wrestling fan that I am now. I am content with the landscape. I'm so happy with the landscape of professional wrestling right now. I dare say it's the best landscape it's ever been that I don't need to rely on shock and surprises for me to be happy right now as a wrestling fan. And that is a good thing that for me, at least I can't speak for other wrestling fans. I'm just, I'm at peace with how good wrestling is right now. And I think part of that is, is because I've seen how shit it can be. And it's, this is not it. I tweeted out a couple of days ago, Weezy, that I wish I knew when I was in the good old days during the good old days. Oh, for sure. And I think we're in the good old days right now. Oh, I agree. I where when do you really think that it started to turn around? Where what do you think the first turnaround was? It's I always credit it to the proper end of the pandemic when yes. Cena came back at Money in the Bank 2021. There was still some crap like afterwards because mm-hmm. Vince McMahon was still there. But to me, that Cena pop with a full arena at Money in the Bank, I'm like, wrestling's fucking back, dude. It's fucking back. After two years of the TV screens, that Cena pop after, uh, I think it was Roman Reigns versus Edge at Money in the Bank. I'm like, that's it. Wrestling's back. And it's just gotten progressively better. Climbed. It's just been climbing. Yeah. We- climbing to the moon. <sighs> and now that, and we, the fact that we've seen the bottom we know what it can be, and this this isn't the bottom. Like, what's what, your bottom? Like, what's what's the bottom? Oh, like right before the summer of punk. Like, dude, like the main. All loved, miss- yeah, all loved to our truth, but he was like the top heel of the WWE in 2011. Like, right before the summer of punk, they were asking me to pay seventy dollars for our truth versus John Cena capital punishment, and, and I'm like. This can't, this can't be it. This can't be what I got back into. And then this literally, I think it was the Monday night after Capital Punishment. The summer of punk began with that promo, the pipe bomb. I've seen, I've seen the doldrums. I was born in it. I was raised in it. I was there when it was written. I mean, I'm curious about you. I know we have a couple more topics, but. Is there a moment where you in this current iteration of the Wheezy Blonde fandom of wrestling when you're like, oh, God, why? I'm really trying to pull from the depths and think of what it was, like what the thing was that I couldn't I couldn't stomach at all because everything that I can think of ended up being a lot better than I anticipated because the first like not even trying to piggyback of what's happening right now. The first thing that I think of is Jinder Mahal winning the WWE title. <laughs> But actually, I actually really enjoyed that because we got the Punjabi prison match and I kind of enjoyed all of that. You got the great Kali that came out. Like there was a lot of good things that came out. That's not good. (laughs) This is me being positive about literally everything. That's why I'm terrible. This is Stockholm syndrome. This is what this is. You've you were put through so much trauma that you forced yourself to believe that it was good. Mind you, when Jinder won, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Then a weekend, I was like, oh, God, <laughs> it's real. It's happened. So Jinder for you, but you ended up liking that. <laughs> I look back on it fondly now, but. All right, let's uh, let's push past the Royal Rumble, but not before I force Wheezy Blonde to make a prediction real quick. Who's winning the men's and women's? Men's, uh, CM Punk, women's Bailey. Nice. I'll piggyback off of Bailey. That's why I got. And men's, I've recently changed my tune. I'm going Gunta. I'm going Gunta. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think that we are looking at a world where the Rock and Roman is for sure happening at WrestleMania. Okay. And it boggles my mind that people are like, oh, the rock. It's like, dude, you're there's gonna, so much debate over it, dog. Like you're going to like it. I promise you, you're going to be fine. This is the rock. Imagine living in a world where we complain about the rock and what the rock is going to be doing. What, what are you on? I'm telling you for all the rock haters, the second that they're staring each other down in the ring, you will change your tune. You're going to want to see it. I get it. Cody doesn't get the finish of story. Cody's there for a few years. He's get he's fine. They put I, him on the cover of 2K. Yeah. He's he's, 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 he's laughing. I think he's we're fine. I think we're living in a in a potential timeline where the Rock and Roman is set for this year's WrestleMania 
which then leaves the door open for Cody Rhodes to do something. And I think they've already started to creak open that door for Punk versus Rhodes at WrestleMania. I think that's a possibility. I agree. Uh, which then leaves no one that isn't Cody Rhodes or CM Punk to challenge Seth Rollins, which is why I got Gunta again. Yeah. I'm going to beat yeah. that drum, baby. Gunta to the top. <laughs> Speaking of Gunta and Seth Rollins, that Seth Rollins injury. Um, and the implications. I'm glad he didn't drop the title. Me too. Very, I, I am glad. I was a little bit nervous that, you know, the like the the old urban legend of the monkey's paw, you make a wish, but like it, the worst version of that wish yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. I felt like I had that because I kept wishing for Seth Rollins to lose the title. And I was like, then, not like this, not yeah. like this. Yeah. This I'm isn't what I wanted. This is not how I pictured it. You know, when I said I wanted a bowl of spaghetti, I didn't want a, a bowl made out of spaghetti. That's the type of wishes that you get with the monkey's paw. <laughs> uh, so one of the major implications is that this theoretically leaves us with no men's title match at Elimination Chamber. There's nothing announced for Logan Paul. There's allegedly no Roman match scheduled. Gunta's having visa issues, can't go to the show. And Seth Rollins is injured. So I want to pose to you the possibility, and I'd love to get your thoughts on what if they end up doing punk roads there to supplement not having a major marquee men's match? Or do you think that they just build the show around Rhea Ripley? You know, I think I would be okay with them doing punk and roads and building that. Because then it also, like we were saying earlier, it suffices if the WrestleMania is not going to be Cody finishing his story. It's at least putting him in a high-profile match with somebody that we're going to care about and a story that's going to be damn good and we're going to care about versus throwing him back down to whatever, you know, little story that we could do. I don't want to... There's nothing wrong with Shinsuke Nakamura, but is not as high-profile as a CM Punk. I'm way more invested in that kind of story. So that I feel like that should tide people... It won't. But I feel like it should tide people over for the fact that he possibly is not finishing his story at WrestleMania. I, this whole story, whose story even is it anyway? Why does it have to be Cody's story? Because he said it. Because he, he says it 50 million yeah, times. Yeah, okay. If I say I want a million dollars, I don't get a million dollars. Why does this have to be Cody's story? You're not Cody Rhodes. <laughs> well, thank you for reminding me of my awful existence as one not being Cody Rhodes. Who cares if you finish your story? <laughs> Someone cares. My mom cares. Um, so, all right. So you see a world where that could potentially happen. Maybe this is how we... We keep the people of Australia happy because we are going to have 70,000 people there. It would just be a darn shame if there isn't like a marquee men's match. I could see that being a possibility if that does happen and it's in front of 70,000 people. Yo, Tony Khan, what the? You had both of these guys. You had at the same time. Yet, how did we end up? How how the turntables? Got a locker room full of children. I'm kidding. I don't get into that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I just find your ship, man. I feel like if he, if they had had like a tighter ship, a PR team, you know, proper <laughs> corporate channels to go through, not just like the young bucks and Daniel <laughs> Bryan as your HR. Feel like life could be very different right now, where both CM Punk and Cody Rhodes are still in AEW. And they probably would have been one of the headliners for all in in front of those 80,000 people. It's crazy to me how they fumbled both of these two names. There's a lot to be said for it. There's a lot to be said for it. There's a reason that the WWE has been around for as long as it has. It's a well-oiled machine. If you get two greats like that able to work together and you have support for that, it, it makes sense. You don't have people fighting over shit in the locker room. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. I will I will say like people should stop casting stones like this. These are all growing pains. WWE went through as well. Absolutely. You know, Hogan being like, yeah, that's not going to work for me, brother. Uh -huh. You know, Shawn Michaels, Shawn, Shawn Michaels being a huge piece of trash yep. and, and creating a ton of problems. These are the growing pains of a young wrestling company. 
It's just, I think we hold AEW to a higher standard because they catapulted so quickly to the to mainstream media at the very least like when it comes to professional wrestling and being the second biggest wrestling show i think it gets way too much scrutiny and we don't give it the opportunity to flex and fold how the wwe was able to do in its growing phase i i think that i think these are normal things that happen it's just crazy to think about that they had both of these guys and right now they might be the hottest program in professional wrestling Well, and all of the, you know, the growing pains and things that they have are able to be posted all over the internet for everyone to see and scrutinize. And if people can't handle that, you know, like their CEO, you know, those kinds of things can really be detrimental to the growth of a company and the way that he handles things. Back in the early days of WWE, we didn't have that. WWF, whatever was going on when all those people were doing all the things that they were doing. It wasn't posted all over. You're you're learning about it now, but those people also are people like Shawn Michaels that are, you know, born again and are back saying like, hey, yeah, I'm screwed up, guys, but I'm here to help now. And now he's running NXT. Yeah. And that's because the WWE has been around for 50 years. <laughs> AEW for four. Give them a break. <laughs> Give Please. them a break. But still, it's funny when when they lose these types of guys. Like, don't lose those guys. Anyways, uh, we talked a little bit about your thoughts about uh, Seth Gunther. I get it. I feel like if it does happen, Gunther should not going as IC champion. Are we both in agreement there? Yeah, I yeah. would love to see it. Like, just the match itself, the the, the feud itself, yes. But the, the title picture is what gets me. Gets a little murky. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the title picture, I want you uh, to be a wrestling mark for a second. Pretend that wrestling is real. Why why wouldn't Damian Priest just cash in the briefcase when Seth Rollins is literally out there defenseless in a suit, in a knee brace saying, I can barely wrestle. I I can't move my knees. Why? As vindictive and terrible of a person as Damian Priest is, he knows that he wants to be the leader of Judgment Day and he wants to be seen as the top dog. And he does not want to go into that match with someone injured so that people can say, oh, you only won this because Seth Rollins has a bum knee. He knows better. He doesn't want that. All he right. wants to He wants to win clean. All right. Um, enjoy your titleist life, Damien, with your moral compass, you buffoon who can't figure out how to just hand a briefcase to a ref in a timely amount of time before Drew McIntyre walks 30,000 steps to get to you to claim more you. Did you know that the the money in the bank case has a code on it? <laughs> were you aware? Were you no, aware? I wasn't aware of it. I even said on stream last night, I was like, maybe this is why they can't get the contract out as fast as they need to. Maybe it's because they have to secretly, you know, get the code between each other. So the ref has to stall in order to get the case open to get to the contract. I did see our truth trying to open it on the most recent episode of SmackDown and yelling, what's the password? He's yelling, what's the code? What's the code? <laughs> this our truth stuff. Am I crazy or is are we maybe landing in a world where our truth gets a WrestleMania match with Damian Priest? <laughs> we are living in that world. It's it's possible, oh, right? Triple H is. I mean, with the things with the changing of the guard and everything, I feel like anything is possible. And I do think Triple H is a man of the people, and I think he loves shit like that. Look at the the area he comes from. He likes fun stuff, and if the crowd is here for it, why not? Yeah, it, like and that's that fun stuff that adds like a nice layer of this doesn't have to be super serious you know like when we're watching cm punk and cody rhodes go face to face and you're like cinema this is oppenheimer you know i can have a little bit of barbie in here too you know give me give me our truth in here as well and i think he adds that nice little layer um i will say isn't our truth just like this beauty that you didn't know that you had until you lost him and then he finally came back what a great addition to Raw this has been over the last couple of months, don't you think? So good. So good. I'm so happy for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up here with a couple of more uh, singular thoughts. Raw signing with Netflix starting January 20, uh, January 2025. Uh, for some additional context that just came out, it's going to be about $400 million a year. Uh, that is almost double what USA Network was paying on a yearly basis for Monday Night Raw. So they get a nice bag there. 
The exclusivity of just Monday Night Raw is only in the United States. Outside of the United States, it's everything. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and PLEs. So in Canada, UK, Latin America, Australia, if you have Netflix, you will get the entire suite of WWE television. The only place that's weirdly getting the shaft, normally US gets all the good stuff, it's it's the US. You're only getting raw. I'm in Canada, I get everything. Oh, Canada, baby. Well, I'm glad you get one thing finally. But that is super weird. I guess I didn't realize that. Uh, I thought you guys just weren't going to. I didn't. I was like, wait, do they have Netflix? I'm such an oh American. Oh my God. What, of course we have Netflix. We don't live in igloos. You shut up. I didn't know. <laughs> you guys always talk about your VPNs and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, they got to bootleg everything in order to watch stuff. <laughs> Canada doesn't let them watch TV. Yeah, we, we, we live such a down bad life here. This is a monumental shift in terms of how WWE has done its business. I'm not a businessman per se for dear God. I'm a YouTuber. God knows. I know nothing about business. However, I feel like the WWE has been a trailblazer when it comes to these types, when it comes to being the first major brand to do something new. I look back at the nineties. They were the first ones to be like monthly pay-per-views. Then boxing followed suit. Then UFC followed suit. Early 2010s, we're done with pay-per-views. We're going to start our own streaming service. And then <laughs> UFC does the same thing. And all these other companies start to follow suit. And now we're seeing the first major brand saying, we are leaving regular network television. And we are going to a streaming service. And I'm of the mind that... This might be the day, January 25th, uh, January 2025, where cable television starts to actually die. Because I think that MLB, Major League Soccer, NHL, NFL are going to be looking and seeing, well, holy smokes, they got a huge bag, at least yeah. for WWE standards. NFL would have been billions. They got a huge bag. Holy smokes, they grew their sport. Because now there's going to be uniformity in terms of how you watch WWE. When I was in Portugal, I was like, how the hell do I watch Raw? Now, everyone in the world can just tune into Netflix. It's just the same experience for everyone. This could help grow the sport of professional that's wrestling. Even, that's something I hadn't even thought of until you just said that when I heard the news this morning. Because I've been really set on saying well, now it feels silly that I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter what network it's on. Like I never saw it leaving cable television, but now you're saying it with it being on Netflix. Think of all of the random stuff that people watch that's on Netflix just because it's there because they they subscribe to it and they have nothing else to do. Netflix is way cheaper than paying for cable or even for, you know, like I pay for YouTube TV in order to watch. That's like almost $75 a month. You yeah. pay the, what, the 15, 16 bucks and have all of that on Netflix. It's really going to change a lot. I yeah. think you're right. Like the death of cable television was always sports and they're moving because even the NFL, I mean, the head heads, boomer heads. I love you. I love boomers. I love boomers. Your heads exploded when football was on Peacock. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. They're like, how do I Peacock? What do, how do I do this? And okay. that was, that was the NFL dipping their toes. And mm -hmm. now they don't have to necessarily just dip their toes. They can just watch the WWE and see what happens with the sport of professional wrestling because they just might be like, wait, so we can get more money. Our sport can grow. We can be in front of more eyeballs. Of course, we're going to do this. Uh, and sports were the anchor right now of cable television. The NBA rights are up for negotiation. So I'm sure the NBA is now looking at this as oh. a possibility. Um the NFL obviously is like the, the big kahuna of all of this, mm -hmm. but I think that this is the first domino to fall in terms of the death of, of cable television. Am I, am I too doomsday? Am I too end of the world is here? What do you think? No, I'm with you. Cause as the generations keep moving and like, you know, think of it, like we're getting older and generations are getting older and the, the, we're the people that are sustaining i hate to say sustaining the economy but we are the people consuming at the moment and we're the ones using the streaming services and they're they're catering to us now that's just what they're doing the people that still have cable are people that never evolved and learned how to how to use the streaming services and stuff like that so i think it's a big testament to evolve or get left behind because it will happen 
I, I have a question for you, and I, I promise I'm not asking this just because you're a woman. I would ask no. this to anyone. What That's is, it. off the top of your head, the biggest love show on television? The biggest love show on television? On just like, like network television. On network television? Yeah. Or cable, the whatever. The Bachelor, okay? Yeah. All right. The Bachelor's reunion season finale thing did 15 million viewers, okay? Mm -hmm. I just want you to remember that. Okay. When it comes to knowledge as a brand, The Bachelor is like the one. Netflix has Love is Blind, which like got pretty big. Love is Blind was Netflix's first attempt at doing live TV where they did the reunion finale episode live. Oh, I guess I didn't realize it was live. No, just the, just the last episode. They, they did a live special. A reunion. 80 million people at one time trying to watch love is blind and i don't think you would sit here and argue that love is blind as a brand is bigger than the bachelor no way no chance the bachelor is it that bachelor is on like magazines but you know what you know what i've seen i've seen love is blind i have never seen the bachelor i've never watched the bachelor yeah yeah, yeah. well there you go they, like it's just changing of the guard changing yeah. where things are so I think that the WWE is going to reach a tremendous amount of people and grow professional wrestling with this move. Brilliant. I'm excited too. That's so exciting. (laughs) Okada. For those that don't know, everyone that listens to this for the most part is a WWE, mostly WWE fan. Okada, think of him like the John Cena of New Japan. Like that's the guy over there. Uh, Leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. Everything is saying that he's coming to the WWE and people are losing their minds that he's going to be going to likely going to NXT and not the main roster. Uh, One, do you care where he goes? Is this something that keeps you up at night? If so, I'd like to know why this bothers you so much. It does not bother me. It does not bother me. I understand, though, why it would bother some people. But I do think it always goes back to people have to remember what people know and what they consume. And you have to think of a WWE audience, like a casual, regular WWE audience, and who is going to know who Okada is and who isn't. Do I think he could bypass NXT? There's a a way they could. There's absolutely a way that they could. But I I honestly think with the way the talent and the stories that are going on the main roster right now, you have a lot going on. I honestly think it would be better for Okada to go to NXT and just to just not just annihilate. You've got Trick down there right now. You've got, you know, uh, I call Hello, him Draco Ilya. Malfoy. Ilya. Draco Malfoy. The fact that Draco. I knew instantly who you meant. Yeah, that one, you know, oh, he would kill it. Oh, you still got, you got Lexus King. Like there's, I would like to see him go and help build that right now and just kill it. And then to bring him up. Like let, yeah. let, let the stories play out on the main roster right now that are already happening. Cause there's a lot going on. I will say this. I think that he is big enough to go main roster. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think AJ Styles proved that. Granted, AJ Styles had a few years, not a few years, a lot of years under his belt in TNA, which made him maybe familiar with that North American audience. Okada doesn't mm-hmm. really have that. A couple of appearances for AEW and TNA here or there. Um, but it's not one-to-one. But I think he is a big enough name with the hardcore fans that even the small portion of vocal hardcore fans could help catapult Okada to stardom in the main roster. However, I look at the main roster right now and it is just so jam-packed in the main event scene that I think we would lose Okada in the mix. There's just so much going on. Meanwhile, if and, and, and I will say this as well, to lose him in the mix on the main roster and to utilize them in the mid card would be fine. But I think then you would be introducing him to the, to the wider WWE universe as a mid carder. Meanwhile, if you introduce him to the NXT universe as like, this is the guy we're building around now, this is your top guy. Then WWE casual fans can start to familiarize themselves with Okada, this badass that's down in NXT so that when he does make his main roster debut, it's like an instant hit. Just like when Braun Breaker inevitably comes to the main roster, you think that guy's going to go to main event and do dark matches? Hell no. The WWE has done such a great job of building him as an aura 
on NXT that when he comes to the main roster, instant player. And I think they can just do that again in less time with Okada. For sure. And not only that, NXT would benefit. Like, think of how NXT would benefit, not just the show itself, but the talent down there, having Okada training with them and oh. learning from freaking Okada. Like, we would really get some really good things. I think all around that, that, that it's a win yeah. no matter what. Yeah, I'm totally okay with I, I think that the people screaming, oh, my God, they're burying Okada in NXT. Oh, my God. Relax. Chill. Uh, on Saturn News, uh, Kevin Patrick being removed from SmackDown. I feel bad. I feel bad, too. I feel bad. I think he does get a lot of flack. I think, I think it's harsh, but I think that there's a lot of justified flack as well. I feel like when I criticize Kevin Patrick, I try to do it from not just like I hate Kevin Patrick point of view. I notice sometimes like this is abnormally quiet compared to Monday Night Raw. I oh, I felt that the banter that's there between Cole and Wade Barrett isn't there on SmackDown. It's not quite as natural. It's not quite as fun. It doesn't feel like buddies hanging out sometimes. Yeah. So Agreed. I think I understand it, but I don't think anyone should be celebrating someone losing their job. Oh, no, that's so goofy. It's so goofy. Leave, I don't uh, wrestling. Wrestling is cool, but it's also annoying. Fans can be annoying. Fans are annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't celebrate this man losing his job. It's not cool. And this is supposed to be wrestling is cool. To the point where we have the It's Cool segment of the week here, Wheezy, where we get to geek out about something that happened in the world of professional wrestling and get to tell each other and the audience as to why we think it's cool. And for me, I have to give this to Grayson Waller. Yeah. Oh, Grayson Waller. Waller, Waller, bing bong. Yeah. I know I just insulted every Australian, all six okay, of you yeah. that listen. Uh, I understand. <laughs> Grayson Waller uh, stepping on business, protecting the world of professional wrestling from these goofy, absolutely buffoon, I don't know, morning show anchors, morning show hosts that are like, yeah, give me one of your finisher. Can, hey, can you give me one of your finishing you, moves? Can you show me your moves. Like, yeah, bud, if I hit you, I ain't going to be fake. I'm going to yeah. put you right in the jaw. It's like, wh why are you putting them in that? Well, wh why, if you don't really understand professional wrestling and aren't willing to do a little bit of research, why well, invite these guys on to put them in an awkward position where they have to do what they did? And I think that they did the right job. I love yeah. the fact that Ellie Knight stayed cool, calm, and collected as the baby face, protecting, you know, yeah. like that character. And then yeah. Grayson Waller, yeah, you're the bad guy, man. You have to, you have to step up for professional wrestling right now, and you have to be the piece of shit. And this is my lawn. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. I, it was like, man, when people say wrestling is fake, that's how I want to react. I want to be Grayson Waller when I grow up. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really enjoyed it. I actually said something on stream. You might not get this very often if you don't have a lot of female guests, but. It did something for me. I, mm. I have the hugest crush on Grayson Waller. Understandable. I, love it. I Understandable. really do. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that I can, like, I have to admit it, but it's there. I just, I, he was standing up for the wrestling. I was like, <laughs> oh, even better, even better. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my It's Cool segment of the week. I don't want to ever see that again, but when it does happen, somewhere. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that. There, there was somebody there in that moment ready to step up and protect the world of professional wrestling. Wheezy, what did you think was cool this week in professional wrestling? You know, what I thought was cool was also something that didn't happen on wrestling TV. It happened at the Emmys. And I, I caught wind of it on Twitter and from a few people messaging me about it because I don't know who this person was. But his name is Paul Walter Hauser, I believe. Sting. And he was okay. Well, I didn't watch Cobra Kai. I found this out later because the entire comment section of me reacting to it was stits. It's <laughs> like, sting. Well, it made sense now. But he went on to he won an Emmy for whatever he was on. Don't remember. But he did gave this very cute speech where he rapped. It was a rap, and at the end of the rap, he drops wrestling wrestling uh, lingo because again finding out he was on aew and apparently he's having a match against matt cardona and it just was it was it was fun to see on the emmys in a room full of people who absolutely have no idea what he's talking about absolutely not they just stared at him like sure yeah 
good job. But you know, at home, all of us were like, it did the thing. He's one of us. Like, yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. Some wrestling, some wrestling uh, references on the the Emmys. I did like that. That was so cool because I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, nice. Cardona. <laughs> I know him. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Wrestling is Cool. We hit the one hour mark for you. If you listen this far, you obviously like the episode. So consider leaving it a like, a review on whatever podcast service that you might be listening to. And if you're so inclined, if you've got a couple of extra bucks, check out patreon.com slash Santi's app to get the raw reviews, SmackDown reviews, NXT reviews, the Wrestling is Cool podcast, this very podcast. You could have gotten it three days early, but instead you listen to it three days late. So it's just not as cool anymore. It's like melting cool it's still like breezy but it's just not as cool as it could have been could have been over on patreon.com wheezy what are you working on these days and where can people find you i am still streaming every week usually just mondays and fridays on uh twitch the same time you are normally but uh also trying to release more videos on youtube and you can also find me on instagram so those are those are the kinds of things i'm doing it's wheezy blonde on all of those socials you can find me hanging out there yeah. Talking crap about your your uh, savior, lord, and leader, Santi Zaf, where everyone fantasy books me kicking his ass in a match Wrestle- at WrestleMania. So many people want us to have a match at WrestleMania. I'm not it's sure why, but it's fucking like, okay. weird. Uh, go go check out her socials, guys. Uh, support wrestling fans and wrestling content creators. Thank you very much for watching and listening to this episode of Wrestling Is Cool. Take care and do something nice for somebody. Bye. Hey folks, hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Wrestling is Cool. As always, please make sure to support the guest host. Go over to Wheezy's channel and all of her different pages. Also, quick thank you to all of the $15 tier Patreons. You are the producers. You are what makes this show happen. So thank you very much to Nico, to Marcelo Enrique Evangelista, Blake, Tom Lehman, Cody Cook, Albel Rodriguez, Ben Callaway, Ben Manlove, Buxo, CB, Connor Williamson, Ernie Mack, Gavin Alves, Jonathan Daly, Lil Shifu, Mason Lott, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Owen Miller, Rodolfo Reyes, Super Malachi Galaxy, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Xavier Izquierdo, Yellow Wonton, Zergzito, Manu, Papaya King, Ryan Yelovich, as well as Riley Johnson. Thank you so much for helping this show happen. Take care.